0: Welcome to CORP conversations on the business of brands
1: with Sudeep Chabla and Sharvan Raghavan. Sharvan, uh, don't ask me why, but one of these days uh, I was looking at your website, Vitral website. <laughs> why? No, I'm not going to answer that. I already told you don't ask me why. And I saw that you've said that you would your business would like to help ten thousand other businesses build their brand.
0: Yeah.
1: One, I obviously love the vision. And I like the fact that you have couched your greed <laughs> into something which sounds so altruistic.
0: This purpose, is purpose, right?
1: yeah this is typical capitalism at play <laughs> yeah. but coming back to the point so you know i just thought that it will be good to dive deeper into a consultant's practical way of doing things
0: okay mm-hmm. to
1: give away some secrets of tools and techniques that you follow in your workshop to all the uh, startups that are listening to us on this podcast and see if they can benefit from this. It might help you reach that ten thousand goal faster, though you might not get to earn from all of them right away.
0: No, you're right. We have a goal of helping build ten thousand super brands is what the website says. Hmm. and it's not humanly going to be possible to individually work on ten thousand brands specifically one to one right so in fact that that was one of the motivations of even getting together on the podcast to help people, give them the tools to build their own super brands. Excellent. And and the whole point that you mentioned about secrets, the truth is there are no secrets. It is about frameworks and tools that we've discussed in multiple episodes so far. I think we've done, in fact, one of our first episodes was branding without marketing.
1: Yes, correct. that
0: we've covered quite a bit. There was another episode about the workshops I run. And I think There was another episode we did on brand personality. So these are different fragments of what happens in the workshop and what you need to build. So let's do this. Let's spend this episode about telling people how they can build their own super brand without a consultant.
1: Excellent. Wow. (laughs) So This self-obviating episode shall remain in the annals of history for your daring attempt, great. Hmm. So today, uh, Sharon, like you said, there are no secrets, but we'll are still we'll still try to get an inside view hmm. of how you employ hmm. uh, some of these tools and techniques during the branding workshops that you do hmm. uh, with small and medium businesses, right. right? So first, maybe the first question that I have for you, Sharon, is that uh, usually you will get called in sometimes by the businesses to say, we want to create a brand. Hmm then there'll be businesses who will come to you with a specific mandate that we want to trigger growth. Right. And your solution to that would be to create a brand, right?
0: Most of the times, yes.
1: So therefore, uh, can you tell us maybe a spiel, Mm -hmm. a three, four line spiel as to how do you convince businesses to create a brand, to start their brand building journey?
0: All right. So here's the thing. If I have to convince somebody to build their brand, it's not really going to work. Okay. It really starts with the understanding of the reason to build a brand. So I think we've said this in quite a few episodes before that we are a country of efficiency. We want to work for our money and we build businesses. We are a country of entrepreneurs. There are more entrepreneurs than employees in this country. Mm -hmm. And yet we still do not build very strong brands or any brands at all because we believe in working hard every time.
1: Hmm. So
0: what happens with that is that there is no long term value creation in just running a business which is built on transactions. Hmm. For long term value creation, a business must build a brand. Hmm. Now, some people do it incidentally, some people do it with purpose. And you look at the largest brands we have, right, Tatas and Ridges, they're brands that were that just happened over time because they did something good and cheap for a long time. Efficiency. But we can't wait for generations. If this is the, if this coming decade is going to be India's, we're going to ha- need to have a lot of businesses that accelerate value creation. And building a brand is the only way to do it. And you spoke about people who come to me. There are people who I go to when I look at the businesses and even meet up random networks. They say we are too early for brand building. And that's because they equate brand building to advertising. They they equate brand building to creating a very fancy logo and design and colors and all the peripherals that go around the services and marketing or services and products. And they interchangeably use the word advertising, marketing, and branding all together. Now, for all practical purposes, your brand building is not expensive. It is not advertising, and it is it even like you like you said it starts even before the business does, and it's all about making certain choices and understanding your business in greater detail to know what your potential is, where you want to go, and giving it structure.
1: Mm, okay. You know, I'm glad that you brought Tata and Godrej, etc. into the picture because I was about to add. uh, There are businesses who inspire trust, confidence, uh, safety, security, etc. with each of their transactions. And hence, they are building some residual value, which gets accumulated over a period of time. There's a great opportunity to amplify that residual value. and create significantly more stronger brand faster uh, by taking it to the consumers. And you don't even need to first think about putting a lot of money, etc. behind it, doing some stuff within your business should set you on that path. And then you can decide to spend etc. behind it, right?
0: Absolutely.
1: Okay, fair. I got my first answer. Okay, so Sharon, now let's dive straight away into the workshop. So now, Mm -hmm. You have the mandate for brand building from a company. How do you proceed?
0: See, now, if I were to go through the workshop, we'll spend a lot of time, but I'm going to sell myself short here and tell you what happens in this workshop. What are the five elements that we focus on so that anybody listening to this episode is able to answer these questions or put these elements together for their own business. So in a way... They can build their own super brand. That's what we look to enable in this episode. I'll tell you what these five are. It's about understanding the market, market understanding,
1: hmm.
0: knowing who you want to focus on, whats what you're positioning, what is your positioning in the market, what personality does your brand portray, and finally, what is the messaging framework your brand will use. Now, these are very, very simple questions, but... There are really no easy answers. And what I'll tell you is the kind of objections I come up with, with my clients at each stage of this workshop. So I meet a lot of entrepreneurs, sometimes Mm -hmm. even seasoned ones. I say, so who are you competing with? Nobody, nobody makes a product like mine. And this comes from the confidence of the effort they've put into creating their product. I tell them, nobody is waiting around for you to come and give them this product. Very rarely does it happen. Unless it's a tech product, it's almost impossible. Somebody's just been waiting for you to make this product, especially in FMCG. Hmm. Yes, you could have a great product, but that doesn't mean nobody's going to compete with you. There is a fight for the share of wallet. There is a source of volume that you're going to do. And this confidence also comes from a little bit of cultured ignorance. Because you want to be so much in control of your business that you focus on things under your control and you ignore things that are not in your control. So first thing is to understand somebody is going to stop buying something and buy you instead, your product instead. And for that, you need to know who your competition is, what's happening in the market in your category and what exactly is the size of business that you can do. So I'll tell you what, let's do this for your favorite product. Let's do this as a live example on the show. So people can find their own answers for this. Okay. you be the client? Your healthy chocolate.
1: <laughs> okay. Healthy chocolate is back. Okay. <laughs> let's do this. Okay, cool.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. So contrary to what Simon Sinek says, I always say, start with the what. Hmm. So what is it that you're selling? And the answer is simple, your healthy chocolate. Yeah. So who are you competing with?
1: Hmm. I'm competing with uh, possibly the traditional chocolates, Mm -hmm. as well as some of the other healthy snacking alternatives. Okay. Yeah. Some of them are possibly conventional in nature and some of them are modern, like your granola bars. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, So those, those will be my competition set.
0: Okay. So going by Anil's answer on our show, say we, brands don't change consumer behavior, they ride right on consumer behaviors. Mm. Can we narrow it down to say, healthy snacking options are your competition instead of the regular chocolate? Somebody gives in yeah. the regular chocolate, they give in. It is the other yeah. option, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. okay. And what are your strengths and weaknesses? So let's take for the simplicity of the conversation, let's take two examples. Who probably contrary, I mean, at different parts of the snacking, healthy snacking space.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let's take the, another favorite brand of yours, the Whole Truth Bar.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Right Bite or the Granola Bar, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let, let's take these two as your primary competition, as for okay. the healthy chocolate. Okay. The SC healthy chocolate. Mm. So, what is the size of the market potentially? So, you need to answer this in the sense that. How big they are. So let's assume. So you'll have to do research. You'll have to understand the size of market. Let's assume right now it's a say a thousand crore market. Yeah. And these brands have their weaknesses, they have their strengths. Let's mm. say right byte's got his legacy, right by its got his play on multiple price points. Mm. Right byte's got distribution in its game.
1: Yeah, it and it has multiple more advantages. For example, it's reason to believe is quite visual. You hmm. could, you can see that it is made out of good things, right? Right. It uh, it might not be very tasty or cool to eat, hmm. but otherwise, the RTB reason to believe is quite clear. Right. On the other hand, when you look at the whole truth, the reason to believe is not as clear. Obviously, they put it on the product large and clear on the packaging. The communication,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: Product is not as clear. And number two, I think with both these products, number one, I don't think they've got. The best possible taste, the whole truth mm. comes pretty close, and they come in fairly big chunks, mm-hmm. right? So, regardless of the fact that each chunk is uh, might be healthier alternative to regular chocolate, mm. but still, if consumed in big quantum,s mm. they will undo the benefit that you were anyways going to get out right. of substitution.
0: Right. And pricing, would you say? Whole truth is a little on the pricier side.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right by it, I think, straddles the uh, economy and premium economy.
0: Right.
1: And uh, whole truth, I think the whole truth would largely be luxury. Yeah, pricing. yeah.
0: okay. So, so in this conversation itself, we found out what the, what the strengths and weaknesses are and you already see an opportunity emerging from here, right? Yeah. Now, what are the trends and beliefs in the market? So, trends could be... I have, like you just mentioned, I want to finish the whole bar when I start. The large portions, therefore large price points. Beliefs are they don't taste very good. If they taste good, they are super expensive. So, and what are the beliefs, could they be?
1: Yeah, I think the, some more beliefs are that if I I eat a few healthy things through the day, it kind of justifies the other indulgences that I, you know, give in to. Right. Yeah, so therefore... Uh, mentally, you feel very positive if you consumed, yeah, hmm. some kind of you get that satisfaction that okay, I at least substituted one of my occasions, and that uh-huh. becomes an achievement. The second thing also is that uh, through the day, hmm. uh, you know, every meal usually people tend to round off the square meal, hmm. and so therefore, intuitively, your hand and your mouth reaches out for the for a sweet snack. Hmm immediately after the meal so therefore there is this opportunity of something within your reach right so that's another uh, one and with in-home stocking now becoming big Hmm. too often there are alternatives that are you know lying in your refrigerator Hmm. sometimes in the form of a chocolate sometimes an ice cream right uh, and various forms of you know indulgences
0: perfect so that's that's pretty much a market understanding If you can answer these four questions hmm. what are you selling? Who are you competing with? what are the strengths and weaknesses? What is the size of the market you're operating in and what are the trends and beliefs that currently prevail in the market?
1: On the size of the market I had a point to make Sharon sure for example, if our listeners uh, are thinking about their specific competitors, so you add up the revenues of the competitors. In our case, we said that it is about 1000 crores. Yeah. But it also pays to possibly, you know, uh, look at other developed or developing markets and find out what could be the size of this category. Hmm. Yeah. So for example, when you look at West or say you look at slightly more chocolate forward countries like say a Sri Lanka hmm. or a Malaysia you might find that healthy chocolate, the kind of segment that we want to operate in is about uh, 10% of the entire chocolate category. Mm. Right? I'm just throwing a number. Yeah. So in therefore, in this country, if chocolate category is about 50,000 crores, Mm. so then 10% is about 5000 crores, right? If your all your prominent brands add up to about 1000 1500 crores, which means that the category itself, is underpenetrated. Yeah. Yeah. So there's about 30% underpenetration and right. hence you could gain from gain market share. So your revenue could come from market share. Your revenue could also come from growing the category. Hmm. Yeah, creating a niche for yourself and then growing the category so that all your efforts get accrued to you if right. you've created a niche.
0: Right. That means you're not just competing with the competition brands you're listing but you're actually bringing in users into the category for the first time. Yeah. Brilliant. That's a very good point, actually. Thank you for listening to COB. Conversations on the business of brands with Sudeep Chavla and Sharwana Raghavan.
1: Subscribe and learn more at That's Cobbcast.net. That's C-O-B-B-C-A-S-T dot net.
0: That we go into the next section of questions. And the objections I receive for this section called the target audience is that everybody wants to sell to everybody.
1: Yeah, yeah of course.
0: Yeah. And this is the most acrimonious conversation in my workshops where clients believe that I'm curtailing their business by asking them to focus on a target audience. <laughs> We've said this before, right? If you want to be something to everybody, you end up being nothing to anybody. Hmm. That's what happens to the brand. And I, Talk about this as an example, saying think of it as a fountain. You start at some point and then you flower out into other places. And we did an episode about the innovation dispersion, right? Saying that there are always innovators who are the first tryers, the core consumers of the brand. Then they bring in the, the others who follow next. Now, getting people to focus on a target audience is an extremely difficult task. So the example I use is Coke and Pepsi. I say Coke is seen as the family beverage had along with a meal and indoors most of the time. And Pepsi is seen as an outdoor brand, the representation of the youth. This does not mean Coke is not consumed outdoors or Pepsi is not consumed indoors. As the brand grows, you will be available to everybody. You are available to everybody. Just that, who do you want to build your brand focused on? Who are your core target consumers? Because... That is the only way you know what your brand will stand for and who you're primarily serving. And to get this, it's to understand how are you segmenting the users? What, Who do you want to focus on and why? What is the profile of the ideal consumer? What are the other brands they consume? So in this, segmenting is a bit of a tricky space. It can sound very simple. And the biggest question I get asked is how do you segment the category? the most fundamental way to segment the category is heavy, medium, light users. But there are many more different ways of segmenting. I think we've done a whole episode on segmentation itself. Mm. But the trick to choosing the way to slice a category is to understand where you're coming from. So Mm. for the healthy chocolate, you're already building a profile, right? For people who snack, guilty snacking along with an non-guilt-free snacking. So you're going out to people who want to indulge themselves but also want to stay healthy. Now they are consumers of chocolate, they're consumers of other snacks but they also consume the healthy snacking. Now in this, so they're obviously not the gym-going type who's focused only on health. They're people who want to indulge themselves, they want to take care of their health also. and. You also spoke about people coming fresh into the category because the category itself is pretty nascent in India. So, for the healthy chocolate, you would have you would look at light users or even non-users of the category to focus on light and non-users of the category who are open to snacking. They don't want to go overboard. They're not interested in bodybuilding and fitness freaking. They just want to take care of the nominal health requirements. If you want to slice the market that way, then. You, once you've segmented the market that way, the second question is, who do you want to focus on? You're saying we want to focus on the light and medium users or the non-users, light and non, non-users of the category because they are not looking for a health solution, but for healthier indulgences is all they're looking for. The requirement changes. Therefore, that's what you're going to focus on. Now, what is the profile? In the healthy chocolate episode, you actually draw up a profile. Yeah. And you also split... The consumers into male and female. You wanted to focus on male, on female,
1: on females. Yeah. yeah,
0: right. So that's a choice you made. Yeah, right. See, we, we actually built a whole business on this podcast. Yeah,
1: of course we did. See, if, if, when we were talking about the target audience, we actually made that point at that you know during that episode, hmm. and in fact, um, you know uh, when you spoke about HML uh, heavy, medium, light users, hmm. if you're a new player into the category. Mm-hmm. you look at h m l. of the category hmm. if you are the leader brand there or if when you start becoming a sizable brand then you also start looking h m l. for your brand right yeah and then you know in this case, for example uh, when you were talking about this, I was also thinking that uh, people who are light and no users mm-hmm. for the category obviously they they present a great opportunity for the category which I can own right. For the heavy and medium users of the category, there you have specifically market share opportunity, hmm. right? And hence, maybe your proposition to both of these segments—the market share segment and the uh, no penetration segment—could be the same, could be different. Yeah. Right. Uh, and yeah, in 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 the previous episode, we had said that we would want to go to women, adult women who want to preserve their health. Who feel the impact of health after going through all kind of life cycle uh, changes changes in their body, and they are the ones who are prone to, you know, uh, give in to indulgences, and hence we will target them.
0: Right. And I remember you you even put an age specific of thirty to forty years. Yeah, we had said
1: possibly thirty to forty five years. Forty five. That kind of a age band. Right. uh, Because they are more cautious, they are happy to spend money. Hmm. And they know that they have some of their better years ahead of them. Hmm. And hence, they want to invest right now into building that dream for themselves.
0: Absolutely. Now, the next question is where I I get pushed a, pushed again to say, hmm. so far, all the questions can really be googled and kind of fished out one way or the other. Yeah. Now, how do I profile my ideal consumer? And how the hell do I find out what other brands they consume?
1: Hmm. interesting okay what do you say to that
0: Guess what you've been saying all the time what we've been saying all the time
1: <laughs> we usually talk about uh, psychological profiling rather than demographic profiling we talk right. about that right and we say that uh, you you get to discover uh, what your consumer consumes by meeting the consumer so go meet exactly. them exactly
0: just going out talking to them meeting them will give you all the answers correct. there's no google search for this correct hmm. Correct. So, mm. so we've already got the market understanding we've got the target audience
1: mm.
0: now with these two in hand let's position the brand yeah okay so going into so this is the third so we ne- here we need to articulate our right to win in the market are we so this goes back to another point you made are you Reducing a pain or enhancing a benefit. Yeah. So understanding this will tell you where you're going to be positioned. So mm. we've already said we're going to be positioned between right to bite and the whole truth. Mm. We are going to go after women age between thirty and forty-five. ACCA.
1: Mm. Yeah, and we had also said that you know from a positioning point of view, uh, we also said that we will build some differentiation from the rest of the category Hmm. uh, which is you know focusing on the right sizing also right so we will have uh, bags of multiple units right each bite side unit uh, separately packed Hmm. so that you have the choice of consuming only one Hmm. vis-a-vis you know the temptation to consume everything once a chocolate opens up
0: exactly so for listeners, I'll say just by what Sudip has said, you've noticed that he's as a as a client of mine, as a as a business owner, he's made the decision that he will not do bars of chocolate, hmm. selling a chocolate, but he's not going to sell bars of chocolate. Yeah. He's going to sell portion control, small packs. Yeah. So this is a business choice he's made, right? It's and building a brand is all about making choices and sticking to it as a business, and if you can have this discipline is all about is that is the starting point of building a brand. So we'll make a few more choices. here.
1: Yeah. yeah. I so. think it's a mm. good point that you're making, Sharon.
0: Mm. Uh, quite
1: a lot of people might want to say, and this is, goes back to the point that you started with, but mm. a lot of people might want to say that there will be customers who will want a bar. Mm. By not doing a bar, am I letting the business opportunity go?
0: This is exactly why we do the target consumer first. Yeah. Before, before we did get into positioning, because yeah. you know who you're building the brand for. Correct. In any case,
1: I think there is no harm in saying, yes, you are letting the business go. You are. But that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. In the interest of targeting the consumer even more sharply and becoming dearer to
0: them. Mm. The more focused you are on this consumer, the peripheral will be, even if you take Pareto, there'll be very little you would mess out. Mm. And the value you're creating in the meantime is far greater than that. Mm. So Mm. that you're not distracted by the people who ask for bars but you focus on the ones who actually benefit by post-control. Correct. So you're not just enabling a healthy lifestyle by giving them a better a healthier chocolate, but you're also helping them keep the discipline of leading a healthier life by giving them smaller packs. Correct. In fact, uh,
1: if I could take it down to the next practical level,
0: mm-hmm.
1: if you have a sales team who is going into the market and selling all of this, mm-hmm. they are going to come, you, come to you on day two itself to say that we need bars yes <laughs> right this category operates on bars yeah so and hence and it is important that we d- don't discount everything sales says but you we don't take it take everything literally as well right it is quite possible that your retailers or dealers are the ones who are demanding the bars
0: hmm. so
1: therefore it always pays to investigate further right maybe let them point out a dealer where they face this problem, you go to, go at the dealer, stand there, maybe meet a few consumers, right? Yeah, understand why aren't they buying a buying this bag of yours? Hmm. And is there some fundamental uh, truth that you seem to have missed out on, right? Which would have led you to make slightly different choices than you than what you made today,
0: right? So uh, this is another point I tell a lot of my my clients, Say, hmm. the wisdom of a brand builder is in knowing an anecdote from a norm. And we have as Indians, we have the tradition of glorifying anecdotes, Hmm. and which may not normally be the case. Hmm. So listen to the sales team. If it doesn't make sense, go verify yourself. And even if it makes sense, see if it's in line with your brand building choices. Hmm. If not, you you don't have to follow it unless absolutely the market has changed drastically.
1: Fair, fair no. excellent. I think that that explains positioning well,
0: yeah, right. so the the crux of positioning is to write down your positioning statement, hmm. which is for whom is the brand? what are they looking for and what are you providing as a solution to their requirement and why will your solution work? the reasons to believe So let's do this for the healthy chocolate okay. For SECa women, let's say, middle-aged SECa women who are looking for healthy or healthier indulgences, Mm. SC provides the most delightful yet healthy option of chocolate, which
1: neatly and beautifully wrapped in individual... Yes, uh, individual packs. Individual aesthetic-looking packs which delight you as you open them, pleasures you as you put them on your tongue and satiates your senses while making sure that you have the satisfaction of consuming something healthier than what you would have otherwise done.
0: Perfect. Now, that's, so what that's we're going my to do concept is... concept we'll, card. I know, I remember that. So I'm going to put all of that together yeah. in a worked out format along with this episode. Let's see if we, if we can do that. And that can be in the notes for people to refer to if they want to build your own brand this way. Correct. While I was describing this, I was immediately
1: reminded of Hershey's Kisses. Yes. They have this nice, lovely, delightful packing, wrapped in a foil, and then there is this flag, mm. the Kisses flag. Yeah. So it seems quite thoughtful.
0: Yeah. I I believe that was an accidental creation at Hershey's. It was. I have no clue. Drops on the floor, which ended up becoming. A favorite internally and they started launching it and it was took off
1: mm, it's quite possible actually a lot of our inventions are not inventions they are serendipity
0: yeah most of them are right yeah okay so now comes the fancy part which is the personality mm-hmm. now if you're building a personality we've already covered this before so i will not go too much into the frameworks for personality mm-hmm. but i just speak about what are the four things you will that make up the brand personality so it's the identity the characteristics the mm. language mm. and the tone which is the eclit framework which also mm. we did in the personality episode yeah so identity is what is the closest psychological as- association people will have of your brand so your brand could be what the healthy chocolate could be the uh, pacifier
1: yeah, it could be. It could be the gesture also. Hmm. Uh, you know, I think the the whole point about personality is how do you ma- want your
0: brand to be perceived to, by the consumer
1: or consumer to feel Yeah. when they interact with the brand. Right. So if somebody was to ask somebody that how would you describe this brand to somebody who's come from Pluto, hmm. so then this guy should be able to say this brand is like a friend or he's like a doctor or he's like mm-hmm. a king, he's like a royal thing, right. he's like a joker. Hmm. So precisely, you know, encapsulated by how it makes the consumer feel.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Right. Okay. And what are the characteristics of the brand? What are the top one or two characteristics of the brand?
1: So for example, in, uh, in the case of a healthy chocolate, possibly say uh, indulgent.
0: Right. Uh, healthy. Right. Pretty much. Right. It's pretty obvious from what the decisions we've already made so far. Yeah. This is what the characteristics would be. Yeah. And what kind of language will the brand use? What kind of words will you choose to communicate with your audience? Is it stylish? Is it elegant? Is it encouraging?
1: Yeah, I think that stems from the kind of personality that I choose to portray. Right. Yeah. If I have...
0: Personality? or Identity?
1: So, for example, if we... If Uh, I choose a jester type personality, okay, Okay. then I'll be the fun brand. Right? Yeah. And I'll be the entertainer. hmm. Yeah.
0: That would be uh, the entertaining language is what you would use. Yeah. Yeah.
1: If I take the lover personality, for example, Hmm. then I'll be somebody who will be comforting, who will be, uh, who will, you know, almost extend a warm embrace to the consumer. Hmm. Yeah. So it, it all flows from there.
0: Right. And the tone. Now we discussed language and tone previously, also, which mm. is what is the attitude you will reflect in your communication. And given that you're a jester and it's entertaining, the tone will have to be a funny tone and yeah. something that's not, take, not taking itself too seriously.
1: Correct. So I might have repartees. Mm. I might uh, possibly, you know, have some uh, possess self-deprecating humor. Hmm. Yeah, right. And uh, and that's how I might you know, possibly want to create that small niche in consumer's heart.
0: Right. Cool. That's, that's a personality done. Hmm. Now, for the last part, which is a messaging framework. Hmm. Now, this becomes the anchor for consumer-facing communication. So the positioning statement is more an internal guiding tool, which says who we're working for, what are we looking to do for them. And the messaging framework is about What are the messages you want to deliver to the consumers? Mm. Now, in this, you make choices again. And there are brand pillars and people remember things in threes. So there should be three brand pillars, not more, not less, which people can recall about the brand. And for the healthy chocolate will be bite-sized, probably.
1: Uh, Bite-sized, indulgent and healthy.
0: Yeah, these three. And you know... Listeners would realize we're not even discussing that anymore because the choices we made earlier are already clear. That's dictating the next stage already. Yeah, correct. And what is your pitch to prospective consumers? We're not going to do this, but I'm going to leave this in the show notes. Say, we never have enough time, space or money to tell people everything we want to tell them. Mm. So we force ourselves to say it in as few words as possible. And as any marketer would know, it's about the ability to be succinct and yet capture a pithy conversation with the consumers what you need. Yeah. So write down. For dog, example,
1: hmm. if I take health, uh, if I consider my product like a kisses kind of a Hershey's kisses kind of a packaging, hmm. I'll possibly say healthy indulgence, hmm. one drop at a
0: time. Hmm. All right. but that's I'm going to come to the tagline. But once you you need to first write it in hundred words.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: And. Once you've written it in 100 words, now write it again in 50 words. Mm. Then write it again in 25 words. Mm. So why you do this is that the messaging framework becomes the brief to the agency. And when you have to reduce words, you're making choices already about what you're choosing to leave out. So when your agency has to make choices, they don't have to keep coming back to you for approval or make the wrong choices. Because you've already made those choices in putting a messaging framework together. Mm. Mm, okay. And when you condense your 25 words to say four or five words is when you get the brief for your tagline, or sometimes even just the tagline itself emerges from condensing this 25-word description. Mm, mm,
1: mm. Yeah, fair. Fair. I think that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. These are the five elements you need to capture to start building your own brand. And then what do you do after? Your this has to be documented huh. because a lot of entrepreneurs are guilty of this because it comes naturally to them. They believe the entire team is on the same page. Mm. And as with writing or studying, nothing registers the way you write it. Because if it's in your mind, every entrepreneur can be guilty of having, willing to change it every time somebody asks them about it. So deliberating about it, putting it down on paper, all these five, put it down on paper and then communicate it. So... Your organic becomes the organized. And you don't hold just your team accountable. That document becomes a tool for your team also to hold you accountable to stay the course. Yeah, okay. Documented makes up the foundation of your brand.
1: Yeah. For this,
0: you don't have to spend money. If you can answer the questions on your own. You don't have to advertise for this. There are choices you're making. And these choices will guide the way your business is doing. And when you start with this, right? Building a brand becomes almost organic to the business. Like we saw, because of the choices we made earlier, the next stages already become clearer. Your path is clearer, your team is clearer. And you know exactly what you want to do to accelerate growth.
1: Fair. Thank you very much, Sharon, on behalf of our listeners for clarifying this and giving away your trade practices. I will not call them secrets anymore. Trade practices for free. That's so very nice and altruistic of you.
0: Oh uh, Thank you, and we're we're already building a brand. We've done so much for the healthy chocolate, but name it. I think we should name it very soon.
1: We should. <laughs> One of these days, we will really reveal the branding.
0: <laughs> sure. Thank okay. you, Sudip. Thank you for listening to "Call
1: Conversations on the Business of Brands" with Sudeep Chavla and Sharvana Raghavan. Subscribe and learn more at copcast.net. That's C-O-B-B-C-A-S-T dot net.